Hello, this is Aaron Lopez, and welcome to another edition of Market Sense with Transamerica Asset Management Chief Investment Officer, Tom Wald. Tom, welcome back. Hello, Aaron. Nice to be back. Tom, we're excited to have you with us because you've just written the Transamerica Asset Management 2023 Market Outlook, which is posted on transamerica.com. It's quite an extensive paper in which you took a look at pretty much all areas available to investors, stocks, bonds, U.S., international, as well as the important backdrops impacting them, such as the economy and the Federal Reserve interest rate policy. I must say, Tom, you write it in a way in which everyday investors can really follow what you're saying. Thank you, Aaron. I really enjoy writing it and hopefully it provides some insight and value for investors. Oh, for sure. I want to jump right into it by quoting a comment in the introduction in which you say, it is now less about why investors need to get back in the game and more about where on the playing field they should be. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, yeah, yes, Aaron. So, so as we know, we are coming off a pretty brutal bear market that for most of the market indexes began in January of last year. And knock on wood, looks like it may have bottomed out last October. And the tendencies of investors, and this, of course, is only natural can be to move to the sidelines at just the point in time when it might actually be worst to do so. Uh, we have seen this repeatedly through history, whether it was in March 2020, December 2018, March 2009, October 2002, or even going back a lot further than that into our parents' and grandparents' generations. It's just human nature. So we are coming off one of those times now. One of those bear markets that has created some pain, no question about it. And there are a lot of investors out there who may have, quote unquote, gotten out of the game, so to speak, uh, or perhaps dramatically shifted allocations away from their longer term goals. And I think the message is, based on the current market environment, as I see it right now, it's less about whether the long term opportunities are out there and more about what might be the best ones. Got it. I think that makes a lot of sense. So where and what are some of those long-term opportunities investors should be focusing on right now? Uh, well, Aaron, there's an old saying, take what the market gives you. Meaning in times like what we have witnessed just now, over the past year and a half, there are going to be opportunities created by changing economic conditions and the market's reactions to them. I think one area we try to highlight in the paper is the opportunities investors have right now to efficiently balance out the two predominant long-term investment strategies of both growth and income. We think investors may really want to take a balanced approach on these two right now. Remember, Eric, Income-based investment strategies are not always just about receiving payments or distributions, but also about compounding and reinvesting those payments for higher long-term returns, and particularly within tax-deferred structures, such as retirement accounts, where that income won't be taxed until later years. In the paper, Aaron, we take a look at corporate bond yields, which have really increased over the past couple of years. For example, they have more than doubled for high quality investment grade bonds, meaning investors are now receiving basically twice the interest payments they were a couple of years ago. And again, when you compound that within your retirement account, tax deferred, that can generate higher total returns over the years. Now, Aaron, I also wanna bring this back to the benefits of diversification, which is an important point too. In the paper, we highlight opportunities we're seeing in stocks, and we have a few lessons from history we lay out specifically in terms of how stocks, 
or in the examples we use, the S&P 500, have performed following what has been peak inflation within inflationary cycles, which it looks like we probably saw about a year ago, as well as how stocks have, have historically performed following the end of Federal Reserve rate hike cycles, which is also something I think we could be on the cusp of seeing in the months ahead. And that could bode well for growth in stock prices and ties into the potential merits of balanced stock and bond allocations, allowing long-term tax-deferred tax investors to benefit from both stock price appreciation and the compounding reinvestment of income payments. And Tom, if I follow you, that could also play into the premise of retirement investors constructing an allocation between stocks and bonds, perhaps maybe weighted more towards stocks in their younger years and adjusting it over their lifetimes, perhaps more toward bonds. But as you said, benefiting from the tax deferred compounding and reinvestment of both income payments and price appreciation. Yes, very well said here. <laughs> well, I had a good teacher. Now, Tom, <laughs> let's turn to the economy for a moment as you write a good bit in the paper about the prospect of a recession in the year ahead, which I believe you still see as a very realistic probability. That's right. Now, recession can be kind of a scary word to a lot of people, mm -hmm. including mm -hmm. this one. How mm -hmm. should long-term investors, long-term retirement investors, view recessions in accordance with their longer-term investment plan? Yes, very good question, Aaron. And just to reiterate, I've lived through quite a few recessions, nine to be exact. In fact, I was born in the middle of one. So I'll be the first to tell you that they are certainly not fun for the most part. But from an investment point of view, I think you really have to view them from a long-term market side perspective. Markets can be funny about recessions for both stocks and bonds. And typically, investors have been rewarded for holding the fort, if you will, or even adding to stocks during recessions in terms of their returns after recessions. For, for example, Aaron, we have had eight recessions since 1969, varying in degree from mild to severe. But if you had bought the S&P 500 in December of 1969 at the outset of the first of those eight economic downturns, you would have received an annualized retur total return uh, of approximately 10.5%, meaning that $1,000 invested back then would be worth $260,000 today. And that includes the market impact of all eight of those recessions. I always like it when you put those market stats in real dollar terms, Tom. Speaking of stocks, you have a really great page in the paper that looks at the last 10 bear markets going back more than 65 years and how this past one compares to it. What are some of your quick points there? Well, Aaron, I'm a firm believer that history may not always repeat itself, but but it does often rhyme. And in looking back at those previous 10 bear markets since 1957, as defined by a 20% or larger decline in the S&P 500, and assuming we did experience the cycle low last October, when the S&P 500 was down 25% from its previous record high of January 2022, over a nine-month time frame, that would rank as only the seventh worst in terms of severity of decline and the sixth worst in terms of longevity. The average of those previous 10 came out to a 36% decline over a 13-month time frame. But, but, but here's the interesting part, Aaron. In terms of recovery from its market low back to its pre-bear market high, these 10 bear markets averaged about three weeks per percentage decline. 
meaning that if we were to conform to that average, it would take the S&P 500 75 weeks from last October, three times 25 equals 75 weeks, which is about 18 months or about April of 2024 to fully recover back to its previous high. Now, Eric, this is not a forecast on my part. I'm, I'm not saying we will necessarily be fully recovered from the bear market by April of next year. But it is another lesson from history inferring that in your average bear market over the past 60 plus years, if you were to buy through it, continue your allocations and long-term plan through it, then you will be mathematically ahead when the market breaks even. Hey, great stuff, Tom, that I think our participants can really draw upon. And along those lines, I want to leave everyone with one last quote from your paper in which you say, few people buy at the bottom of a cycle and even fewer sell at the top. It's what they do in between that matters. And I think a lot of what we just talked about really exemplifies that. Tom, thanks so much for being with us today. And we will certainly look forward to our next discussion. Yes, we will. Thanks very much, Aaron. All investing involves risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. An index is unmanaged and doesn't take into account the fees and expenses associated with an actively managed fund, so performance may differ. It's also not possible to invest directly in an index. This material was prepared for general distribution and is being provided for informational purposes only. If you need advice regarding your particular investment needs, contact your financial professional. Transamerica Asset Management Incorporated is an affiliate of Transamerica Retirement Solutions, LLC. CP3-299-7601-0723. Copyright 2023. Transamerica Corporation. All rights reserved.